For Pacifica Radio, I'm Eileen Alfandari. A day after his inauguration, President Joe Biden is rolling out a national strategy to fight COVID-19, reopen the nation's schools, and restart the U.S. economy. His plan calls for an expansion of coronavirus testing, accelerated vaccine distribution, and new action to prepare for future such threats. The plan is tied to a $1.9 trillion plan that Biden unveiled last week to combat the pandemic. The U.S. is rejoining the World Health Organization, reversing the Trump administration's withdrawal from the global agency. Infectious disease specialist Dr. Anthony Fauci officially announced the news to an executive board meeting of the WHO. I am honored to announce that the United States will remain a member of the World Health Organization. Yesterday, President Biden signed the letters retracting the previous administration's announcement to withdraw from the organization. The U.S. suffered its second worst death toll yesterday from COVID-19. 4,229 people died. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has projected 100,000 more deaths in the next three weeks, topping half a million. The pandemic-induced economic crisis continues to throw people out of work. The Labor Department reported 961,000 workers filed initial claims for state unemployment benefits last week. More than 400,000 filed under the separate program for gig workers and freelancers, it's called the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Program. The Labor Department report underscores that President Biden has inherited an economy staggering under the weight of the pandemic. Over the winter, virus cases spiked, cold weather restricted dining and federal rescue aid expired. On his first day in office, President Biden also fired the general counsel of the National Labor Relations Board after Peter Robb refused to resign. It's an unusual move. The Service Employees International Union had urged Rob's ouster. It called the general counsel an extreme anti-union ideologue and a uniquely destructive figure. Three new Democratic senators were sworn into office, California's Alex Padilla and Georgia's Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff. The Senate is now split 50-50 with Vice President Kamala Harris as a potential tie-breaking vote. Christina Onestead reports. Vice President Kamala Harris swore in three new Democratic senators, all making history on their own. Do you solemnly swear that you will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic? I do. Alex Padilla of California is the first Latino senator from the Golden State, which has a majority Latino population. Raphael Warnock is the first black senator of Georgia, and John Ossoff of Georgia is the youngest senator. Congratulations. Those firsts weren't lost to New York Democrat Senator Chuck Schumer when he took helm as Senate leader. Alex Padilla is the first Latino senator to represent California, that Raphael Warnock, born while Georgia was represented in this chamber by two staunch segregationists, is now the first African-American senator Georgia has ever elected. And that John Ossoff is the first Jewish senator from his state, sworn in today on a book of Hebrew scripture once owned by the rabbi who decades ago formed a bond
between the Jewish and African-American communities of Georgia. I'm Christina Onestead reporting for KPFA. In a first vote, the Senate confirmed President Biden's nominee for Director of National Intelligence, Avril Haines. Haines' nomination was temporarily blocked by Oklahoma Republican Tom Cotton. He was seeking information about the CIA's torture program. Missouri Republican Josh Hawley is blocking speedy confirmation for Homeland Security nominee Alejandro Mayorkas over Biden's proposed immigration reforms. At her first White House briefing, Press Secretary Jen Psaki said Biden's desire to have his cabinet confirmed and in place is front and center for the president. She said he was hoping to have his national security nominees in place today or tomorrow. Officials say twin suicide bombings have ripped through a busy market in Iraq's capital, killing at least 32 people and wounding dozens. The suicide bombing attack heightened political tensions over planned early elections and a severe economic crisis. An Iraqi spokesman called it a terrorist act perpetrated by a sleeper cell of the self-styled Islamic State. He said IS wanted to prove its existence after suffering many blows in military operations to root it out. The twin suicide bombings were the first in three years to target Baghdad's bustling commercial area. I'm Eileen Alfandiri for Pacifica Radio.